Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Mason and Bree here. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about marriage and the home. So we decided to do a fun question and answer, and we're breaking this into a two-part series because we had lots of good questions sent in, and we want to be sure that we answer all of them. So it's going to be just in time for Valentine's Day. You can check out this is episode one, and we'll release the second episode in two weeks. Also, just a reminder, since it's the beginning of a new month, we have a new giveaway sponsored by Honeymoon Coffee, which is a coffee shop here in Evansville, Indiana, and you can get the details on that at the end of this episode. They were gracious enough to give us free coffees to drink this morning. They actually gave them to us to drink while we were recording our podcast. However, we already drank those, and we are doing the podcast at night after putting the kids down to sleep. But that coffee is the absolute best, and it's enabling us to stay up late and do this podcast. So if you haven't checked out Honeymoon Coffee, check them out. Go visit one of their many locations here in Evansville. Check them out on Instagram. They're great. So we're going to jump right into these questions. We had several sent in, and one of the most popular questions that were sent in was regarding kids and marriage. So I'm gonna read some of the ones that were sent in and then we're just gonna lump them together and answer them all as a whole if we can. So we had one that said, kids definitely come before marriage, how to change that. The home doesn't seem peaceful in regards to marriage because of kids, do you have tips? How to put marriage first with the kids in the picture, I feel like the kids are always coming first and I think that might be all as far as kids. So it's important that kids don't come before your marriage, but that doesn't always necessarily mean a chronological order. When Bree and I were talking about this earlier, um, while it is important that your marriage does come first logically um, in importance, it doesn't necessarily follow that your kids are always going to come after your spouse when you're actually doing the day-to-day tasks. So for instance, when I come home from work, the first thing that I do is I usually come home and say hi to everyone. Everyone just attacks me. I have three kids that come running straight for the door. Usually someone gets hurt on the way because of excitement and there's crying, there's chaos. It's a crazy time when I get home every day. Um, And if, if I don't make the point to stop and take time with the kids and spend at least like five to ten minutes, usually more than that. If I don't take time to kind of calm them and spend time with them and enjoy uh, catching up with them, asking them how their days went, things like that, then we won't even be able to get past that chaotic moment. We'll be stuck there. We will have kids that are still striving for our attention and Bree and I, if we tried to have a conversation, it just wouldn't work. We do it all the time. For some reason, I still some days come home and think, I just really would like to talk to Bree and not my kids. And every time I try to do that, 
the kids remind me that they have way smaller attention spans, right. way smaller spans of patience than adults do. And it's just important for us as adults, as parents, to recognize that, to be wise enough to realize, hey, my kids don't have the bandwidth that I do as an adult. Why don't I take a couple minutes to spend time with them, to catch up with them, so that I can make priority or make my marriage priority and have real meaningful dialogue that isn't going to be extremely interrupted by little ones. And we are completely outnumbered, which may not be the case in your house, (laughs) but we're outnumbered by three kids who are under five. So maybe when your husband comes home, it's not crazy chaotic. Maybe uh, you've taught them to not be like that. We try to, I do try to tell the kids, hey, dad's coming home. Let's do a quick cleanup. Let's be calm. But they're excited. They're happy to see dad. And like he said, sometimes that excitement turns into someone getting hurt or fighting for attention between everybody. So we need to remember that our kids have needs that need to be met as well. And they have a lot more needs to be met than we have because they're not as independent as we are. They're very much dependent on us. And so I like what you said, because if we meet their needs and we make sure that their tank is full, their love tank is full, but also like they have a dried diaper and they're fed and those sort of things, it makes it easier for us to keep our marriage first. It makes it easier for us to find time together if we're taking care of them. If we're neglecting them, then they're going to be fussier and striving for more attention and just all around taking up more time than necessary, honestly. Right. So it's it's really about maintaining the whole household, making sure that you're geared up and ready and prepared to have those good conversations makes a huge difference. Because if you just come in trying to have those um, good conversations where you're trying to communicate, you know that marriages stay together through communication. You recognize that, but if you're not diligent in taking the time beforehand to prepare for that, it will fail. You have right. to take the time and take a step backwards and say, all right, what have we what have we done to set us up for success? How can we have a successful conversation? And that might mean planning ahead of time rather than always just saying, no, my marriage comes first, my wife comes first, kids get out of here, just leave. Right. Uh, and they of- don't learn by that. They learn by being together and learning how you communicate. If you're always just shoving them away, then they don't learn how to be quiet when necessary. Right. To say, excuse me, <laughs> right. when necessary. Right. And that's another part of it too, is just teaching your children how to be a family. So they have to recognize that mom and dad, to stay together, have to talk. They have to have conversations. And they should also see that mom and dad actually care about what they have to say as well. We shouldn't just ignore our kids and butt them out. We should have family conversations, conversations around the dinner table where everyone is being asked how their day was, not just mom and dad, because the kids are a part of the household too. And sadly, they're often neglected in the name of good marriage. Um, People are trying to work on their marriage so they do it at the expense of their children and that's not faithful either we need to be faithful in all the realms of life yeah and i think too just are your expectations healthy expectations because if you're just comparing to another family that you see that's in a different season or that has a different family dynamic than you or if you're comparing yourself to the movies or the tv shows or whatever then you're going to come short of that every time 
But if, like you said, if you're preparing in advance, so if your mind is organized and if your mind is at peace, then it doesn't matter what the surroundings are like. So there have been times where we have just stopped in mid-conversation laughing because we're like, we're literally having a serious in-depth conversation over kids like screaming and yelling and running around happily or running around mad. Like we've had deep, yeah, we've had deep conversations over very loud, what would seem like non-peaceful moments, but because our hearts and our minds are at peace, like you said, we're preparing those. We're able to still put our marriage first and still have those conversations amongst the littles. And we can only prepare like that by being in prayer, by being in our word, by being close to the Lord first, obviously, and lots of practice. Like if you would have given us three kids in that situation five years ago, we would not. We would probably have like fell apart in the middle of all of that. We would not have been able to have a deep conversation, but now we can do that. And then also just make time, be creative, make time like now. Our kids are asleep and this is almost kind of like a date, (laughs) right? (laughs) All right. Anything else on that one? I don't think so. Speaking of dates, that was one too. So we had a couple questions about dates. We had one that said, do you think dates should be a priority? And then we had one that said date time or alone time ideas when time is limited and so is the budget. So do you think dates are a priority and how do you do them with kids and with limited time? So we got to define a date. What is a date? will be important to this. If a date means scheduled time to do something, that's should be what it is. It's a, a reserved date to do something. Well, those That's good. But the problem is, is that most people don't just think of reserved time as a date. When they think of a date, they think we're going to spend at least 100 bucks mm-hmm. because we're going to get a babysitter. We're going to go out and eat at a nice restaurant. We're going to catch a movie afterwards. And don't forget the ice cream. <laughs> so It's important. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's not a bad thing. We do, Bree and I, we do yeah. that. But if your expectation is for a date night like that every Friday night, those are unrealistic expectations. At least yeah. they are for our family. The average working class family doesn't have the money to do that. It's not sustainable. And if you are spending that amount of money and you're not making quite a bit of money to make up for it, it's probably not good stewardship. So here's my, my thoughts on that. It is very important to schedule time, to make date time, but dates don't have to always look like they do in the movies, in right. the Instagram posts or whatever. There doesn't have to always be this big, glamorous date where you and your wife are dressed up, ties, nice black dress and everything. It can be very simple. It can be just making time for each other on a daily basis. I think that it's important to make daily dates if you want to think about the the different ways you can do that it can be as small as going on a walk you right. you can go on a walk and guess what I hate to break it to you but you can have a date with your kids there <laughs> a date is still a date because you're making time to be with the person that with you the love turd wheels as we call yeah, it turd wheels when, when we have kids with us on a date we call them the turd wheel not the third wheel the turd wheel <laughs> um but yeah and it's it's fine that's that's part of life so Another thing to consider is that this whole notion of date night, as we've come to think of it, of going out to a movies, dinner, ice cream, all that, it's 
it's just a new idea. If you think about the history of relationships, it was not normal for Friday nights to be the night where everyone split off from their kids, mm-hmm. everyone divided up into just married couples or dating couples and went out to movies. The The commercialism of our society and everything kind of just being ramped up, uh, the restaurant industry is booming now right. in a way that it never has before. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that society for most of history lived the simple life in their relationships. They weren't always going out to do big things like that because there wasn't that option. There wasn't the option of 15, well, here in Evansville, we have hundreds of options right, of yeah. places to go out and eat. It's different in smaller towns. You probably have 10 or 12 maybe places and options to eat. But literally, if we wanted to go out tonight and like look at the list of places we could go, there's 100 places probably here in Evansville that we could go to. And it's just a, a novelty that hasn't been um, around for all of history so it's kind of a weird new thing to even think that way of going out every friday night because we're so rich now (laughs) we have so many resources we're we have so much money and i don't necessarily think it's good stewardship to go out and spend money on dates nights in the way that so many people think of date night I agree. And this is house to home podcast. So we're not going to be pushing you to go out more. If anything, Mm. we're going to be pushing you to stay in more, not to become a hermit, but to value your home. There's been plenty of times where I go grocery shopping in the evenings most of the time, because with my three little kids and in the middle of a pandemic, it's just not the best time to take them out and go grocery shopping. So There was one time, I know for sure, recently, that I just picked up some sushi from the fresh market and brought home a bottle of wine, and that was our date night. (laughs) And we didn't even stay up that late because my little boy wakes up in the middle of the night still, but we spent, you know, probably 20, 30 minutes just eating and talking there after the kids went to bed. And that was just a little surprise date. But like you said, a date is taking a amount of time aside and planning it and so it doesn't have to be super big and elaborate get creative with it we're not saying that you shouldn't prioritize date time our pastor just messaged mason tonight and said when was the last time you guys went on a date go do it (laughs) go get on a date my wife can watch the kids for you um we're blessed to have a pastor who thinks about us in those sorts of ways And uh, they are, they are important, but you can get creative with that. And I think just a practical creative tip, because I know one of those questions was, how do you do it? How do you find time to do it? And how do you do it on a budget? One of the things we were doing, we haven't done it so much recently, but we have friends who live just down the road and they're some of our best friends. And we decided we would swap babysitting time. So what happens, this is actually a really cool deal, especially if you don't have grandparents that live next to you or you don't have the money to spend on a babysitter. Babysitters can be so expensive and you feel bad if you don't pay them like a good amount of money. But we have these friends just down the road. So our kids will stay here. And so say Mason and I went out on a date, our friend, she would come over here to our house and watch our kids, put them to bed, stay here while we went out on a date. And her husband would be at home with their kids. She would be here with our kids. We would be out on a date. And then we would swap and do that for them. So then they would go on a date. I would go over to their house, watch their kids, put their kids to bed. And Mason would be here watching our kids. It's free of charge. You just, it's basically just swapping your time. And my kids are comfortable enough with this friend that they'll go to bed for her. And 
we trust these friends. So if you have friends that you trust, that's a great option too. Maybe they have kids that are the same age, maybe they don't, but that's just a creative tip. So get creative, think practical, and realize that this is a season. You're not always going to be starved for time. Eventually, your kids will be out of the house and you'll be like, wow, what do we do with ourselves now? (laughs) Right. And kind of going back to the domestic liturgy idea, if you build these kind of patterns and dates into your schedule, it's a fun way to get creative with your household. I mean, there's lots of fun, small things that you can do to really make life a date to make your marriage right. a constant date. I mean, every every day you're planning things and making the household fun, a good, enjoyable place to be. And it doesn't have to be a place that you feel like you have to escape because that's kind of what dates have become is the escape, the, the exactly. mini vacation, getting away from the household. And again, we're not against dates like going out on, on the town. We're not against vacations and that kind of thing. But if the goal is simply to get away rather than just the novelty of enjoying something different. Um, I think that that's a bad thing. I think it's a sign that your house is probably not as healthy as it could be. It's more of a house, less of a home. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, that goes back to your mind. Like, where is your heart and your mind at? Are they content? Be a little bit more lighthearted. Don't be just waiting for the Friday night and living for that. Don't live for the next date night. Live in the moment and enjoy it. Even if your kids are grumpy turd wheels, as we call it, um, laugh in the midst of it, you know, find some joy in it. We know happy people most of the time don't have just perfect circumstances. They just choose to be happy people. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So that leads us into the next question, which is proper roles in the home. So someone asked, what do you think proper roles are in the home for a husband and wife? Yeah, that's it. What do you think? So proper roles for the husband and wife, it depends on what they mean by proper roles. If they're meaning proper duties, like what does the man do in a household? What does the woman do in a household? Or more so like the spiritual role behind it. It depends on what they mean. But if they're talking about household duties, which I assume that they are being a podcast about the home and the house. Bree and I talked about this earlier. There's, there's been a lot of confusion, I think, where everything has been made a gender where this duty or that duty is male or female. And I don't think that that's a healthy way of looking at the household. It, if it comes down to saying, well, to do the dishes is a feminine thing and to take out the trash is a masculine thing. I think that that is going above and beyond what the scripture says. And I think that it can easily slip into legalism. So we don't want to go any further than what the Bible says Um, about men and women's roles. Yes, there is um, the spiritual role. Obviously, the man is the head of the household. But to say that he is the head of the household, meaning that he can't do anything that is not managerial type, I think is just a, a misreading of Scripture. So to say that a man can't sweep the floors because that's not what a head would do, I think that that is a wrong application of biblical roles of masculinity and femininity. I agree. You want to read Ephesians 5 and Paul's order of the roles? Oh, yeah. So that that kind of gets back to the question about the order of man, wife, children, and so on. So in, Paul, in Ephesians 5, Paul, I think, lays out healthy order of the way that things should run in the household. So he starts in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 22 
with husbands and wives. So marriage comes first. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, verse 22. Then verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Then in chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then verse 5 of chapter 6, bond servants, or you might say employees, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling. So, I think that what Paul is doing there is laying out the logical order of how the household should run, starting with husbands and wives, getting those relationships straight, then moving to children. Children are supposed to be in subjection to their parents. They're obeying their parents and the Lord. And then moving out from that, you as an employee, and it used to be that bond servants were actually a part of the household. If you look back at the biblical household, you see that it's not just mom, dad, and kids, that there was bond servants, there were slaves, um, not advocating that we should go back to having slaves in our household, but the idea of the household being more of a a family economy, a household business, is really what I think is a good thing, though, that the the household could be a family enterprise where people are working together with a common goal in mind. There's a unifying goal where everyone in the household can say, we're working towards this together as a team. And we all know our place. We all know what we're supposed to be doing. We know who is in charge, who is not in charge. And we're going to work together to cause this household to be fruitful and to flourish. Right. And I think we live in such an individualistic society Mm -hmm. that that's a hard thing for us to grasp I think even within marriage so if you're asking can I as a husband do this or can I as a wife do this properly in the home is that a role that I can fill like you said can I take out the trash can a husband take out the trash I think we talked about this that's asking the wrong type of question right right yeah (laughs) if the trash needs to be taken out take out the trash right (laughs) if if you feel the need to get sticky notes and put male or female on everything (laughs) in your household i think that that is a wrong way of looking at scripture and the way that the household should run i think it's a lot more organic than that and i think it's going to look different in different households so to say that for instance i go and bathe the kids every night for bedtime and while i'm doing that breeze downstairs washing the dishes, cleaning up after dinner. What gender is that? Well, yeah. it doesn't really matter what gender it is. It it really doesn't. If you flipped him, would it be more masculine for me to be downstairs washing the dishes and Bree upstairs bathing the kids? I don't think it really matters. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter um, as long as you're keeping intact the overall um, meaning of what it means to be a man and a woman. Right. So. It, it does at times come down to, is this right for the man or the woman? When someone breaks in the house, the husband should not be cowering under the uh, covers saying, you go check it out, wife. Right. Okay, so that's when it really does come down to, there are examples where, no, there is a proper role to happen here. But on the day-to-day things, I think that you can really get carried away with it. And it can cause unnecessary fights, too. If, yeah, for sure. If the husband says, I'm not doing that, that's a woman's job. That usually doesn't go over well. And likewise, when a wife uh, tells her husband to do that, that that's not my job, um, either way, it just kind of sounds like nagging and laziness. Yeah, I think a lot of times, like, a woman will be like, well, I'm not going to take the trash out because that's what my husband's here for. But the trash is overflowing, and it takes you just a few steps to go take out the trash. Right. Or, like... Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just so many examples, and it's going to look different for your home. Maybe your husband loves to cook, and he's a good cook, like he's better than you, and so he cooks, you know, majority of the evenings. Well, 
that's fine if that works for your household. Mason doesn't love to cook, and he can't. Right. <laughs> but he cleans, um, and he does really well cleaning up after himself. And maybe you're in a season where you don't have little kids, but I guarantee the more kids you have, the more you will see your husband help in the home because he'll just have to. Right. Um, you get in different seasons. Like, we're coming out of it to where now I'm able to do more of the stuff that I was able to do in the past. But every time we have a newborn, it's like I'm really reliant on my husband mm-hmm. to – do things, you know what I mean? To make sure that this household is managed well. And if you look in the Bible, you see that the Proverbs 31 woman manages her household, but you also see that the husband manages the household. So um, that's a team effort, but that doesn't mean that there's not a head because there is. The husband is the head of the household. You manage it together, but the husband is the head. The wife is the helper. Um, The kids are to be in submission, you know, so definitely just read your Bible. Don't read into your Bible, but read it. Mm, So that kind of goes into this question. Someone asked, what do you guys think about the scripture, submit yourselves one to another? And we assume they're talking about that scripture in Ephesians, right? Which comes before what he just read. Right. So many people try to kind of group those together and say, well, it says right before wives submit to your husbands um, that we should be submitting one to another. And it does. Chapter 5, verse 21 says, Submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. And then verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And like I said, I think Paul has purpose and order to what he's doing here. At the beginning, he's talking about Christians as individuals walking in love. They're being imitators of God as beloved children. They're as individuals not putting on sexual immorality, but they're putting on purity. They're not living covetous lives. They're living uh, proper lives as saints, as individual saints. And he kind of breaks down this order so that everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing as an individual. And part of that is Submitting one to another, he says. And then in verse 15, look look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, skipping down on uh, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. He's clearly talking about everyone together, but as individuals, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, period. And then he starts a new thought. Wives, submit to your own husbands. So what he's saying there is that, okay, everyone needs to submit to each other. The church needs to submit to each other. You need to recognize your proper roles. But now he goes on to wives. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Catch that. Your own husbands. Not to your neighbor's husbands. Not to your neighbor's husbands. Wives, don't submit to men. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So there's the order going on there. You can't say that everyone submits to everyone in every circumstance because that's just not the case. You see all through Scripture different um, hierarchies. You couldn't go down then and say, well, um, if everyone submits to everyone, then that also means that the children should or the parents should submit to the children. No, you can't do that. Children, obey your parents as unto the Lord. Wives, right. submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, right? So you can't, you can't flip-flop those around. I know it's convenient that it's right next to um, those two verses, submitting one to another and then wives, submit to your own husbands. But it would literally be meaningless if Paul meant um, submit one to another in every single circumstance. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Then husbands, submit to your own wives. That would just be completely redundant and right. it, it would make no sense. So what he's saying there is that in, in the proper roles and the proper realms, 
um, you have to submit to one another. And when you look into marriage, the wife submits to the husband. Obviously, we're coming at this from a biblical perspective. This isn't just our opinion. So um, we are people of the word. So anyone that's listening that is outside the circle of Christianity, this might rub them the wrong way. So we're just sticking to our standard. We're being consistent Christians saying this is what the Bible says. Um, So that's where we're at. And and another thing to notice is that people try to um, take things that are addressed to them and twist it around and address it to other people. So what Paul doesn't do is say, husbands, make sure your wives submit to you. He says, (laughs) wives, submit to your husbands. He also doesn't say, wives, make sure your husbands love you. He says, husbands, love your wives. So the people that need to be doing the check yourself are the ones that he's talking to. Um, It's not the husbands coming along saying, you women need to start submitting. He's saying, no, women, wives submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. This month's giveaway is sponsored by Honeymoon. Honeymoon is a coffee shop located here in Evansville, Indiana. Their light roast pour over is honestly one of the best cups of coffee you'll find in town. This month, they are graciously giving away one $20 gift card to one lucky follower. If you're not a town winner, they've agreed to ship you a bag of beans at absolutely no cost. Their beans are what I grind most mornings at home, and we're not only big fans of their coffee, but their breakfast food is delicious as well. They have several locations, and the shop on Burkhardt even has a drive-thru. Check them out if you're local, and go to at House to Home Podcast on Instagram to enter the giveaway. It should be easy to find. Just look for the coffee.